everybody. I'm Kay Conroy. And I'm Vinny Civitella. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, which is the largest statewide business association in the entire United States. Pretty cool, huh? Definitely. For more info on us, visit njbia.org. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They provide home, auto, and workers' comp insurance, and they're the official sponsor of the show. So if you're looking to change up your coverage, check them out. Absolutely. With us today, Krishna Powell of HR for Your Small Biz. Krishna, say hello. Tell us a little about yourself. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure. Well, I am the CEO of HR for Your Small Biz, and we are a boutique-style human capital consulting firm. Human capital. Yes. People. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a scary phrase, a scary thought. Human capital. Yeah, what is human capital? That's us. That's you and me. (laughs) Yeah, because we're capital. Exactly. Instead of it being like this human resources firm, it's really human capital because we truly believe that employees are your best investment and you know because a lot of times people go oh it's just oh so expensive having employees but if you really want to make money if you really want to have a business that survive the industry and the challenges in the economy you need to have good people who Mm -hmm. are committed to your vision and the mission didn't Warren yeah didn't Warren Buffett once say train your employees so well they could go anywhere and treat them so well they would never want to exactly yeah exactly I love that quote and it it, it makes all the difference I've been in an organization years ago where they would lay people off when things got rough and then employees would want to come back and they would reapply and reapply until they could come back again. Oh my. That's how well the company treated them. Wow. It makes a difference. So they never really lost, lost their knowledge because the employees kept coming back and saying, okay, things are better. Are you ready for me now? I'm here. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. All right. Well, today's icebreaker is what is your favorite time of year? My favorite time of the year is the fall. I love the leaves changing. You know, people go, oh, you know, New Jersey in the snow. But I'm like, have you ever been here in the fall? Do you know how great Princeton looks and North Jersey looks? I'm like, mm-hmm. you can't beat that. You can't. New Jersey is going to always be home for me. Yeah. So for you, does fall start in September or the official date, like, which is No, the- fall to me starts in September. Yeah. As soon as my kids go back to school. Thank you. Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day. Right. It's like, right. Yes. It's officially fall. Exactly. Totally agree exactly. with you. Exactly. Totally. That's where my celebration begins. Yes. And that, there's nothing that beats like a dark blue September sky in New Jersey. Oh, <sighs> it's like heaven. Exactly. Heaven is beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just the coolness in the air. That's right. It's just like, it's such a relaxing time of the year. Temperatures yes. consistently in like the high 60s, low 70s, blue skies. Right. Oh, it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Me too. I have to agree with you. See? Yeah, yes. I totally agree. Ben? Fall desert. Yeah, fall. So I used to be a winter kid and then, you know, now I have to shovel it and drive in it. And, <laughs> it makes a difference. And now we get a lot more than we used to. Yeah. So, um, all right, so the spring, mm-hmm. way too much pollen here now. Oh, my God, I yeah. agree. The summer, it's getting way too hot. The yep. winter is getting way too cold. Fall is kind of that Goldilocks, you know, Perfect. just nice. Exactly. And I do like the color of the leaves and everything. Right now, my lawn is still covered with all the fall leaves, and we're getting way beyond you fall. Didn't, you <laughs> so didn't like this? I didn't do it, no. Because whenever we wind up mowing for the first time in the spring, and hopefully by the time this airs, I will have, um, <laughs> then I should wind up, like, you know, getting rid of all that anyway with yeah, that. Yeah, but, like, that 
But you know that your dam your lawn could be damaged as a result of being underneath damn leaves. Are you telling me that I might have to mow my lawn less? Oh man, whatever will I do? Okay, I, I realize that that's not sufficient of a threat yeah. to make you. But no, I didn't actually know that. That damages your lawn. It does. Like, why would it do that? It's all natural. It's not like I poured pesticides on my lawn. I think and let it's that because I think it's because your lawn needs access to light mm -hmm. and air. And so when it's covered by leaves But it's not or getting mulch, that now or... anyway with all the snow, so... <laughs> well, no, but I mean... Okay, so there is a period of time in the fall when the leaves go down, they mm -hmm. fall, but snow hasn't yet come. Mm -hmm. So it's that time period when the damage is done. Now it's just uh, moldering. Oh, yeah, sure. So you get these huge bald patches is what I call them. Right, you're going to have so bald I take Well, then in that leaves. case, yeah, it'll be the whole thing. See? <laughs> well, do, do what I do. If you have flower beds, take your leaves and put them in your flower yeah. beds. It protects them That's right. during the winter time. So why is it good for that and bad for the lawn? Because there's no grass growing That's right. There. Because so it's just protecting the seeds and That's keeping them nice keeping and warm. Keeping them warm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Yes, yeah, so you're going to have like a lawn full of mulch, basically. Yeah. When, when, which, which you're fine, like, with. That's fine. Totally it's fine like, with. Yeah, you know what? I'm in the process of selling a house, um, but I have often thought about how beautiful it would be if I could just take the lawn that is just nothing but blood, sweat, and tears for me, like mm -hmm. mowing it, raking it, all that yeah. baloney. Just turn it into a lovely rock garden. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> I've often said I wanted like to Arizona, pave it. Right? Yeah. Pave it, right? Exactly. That's exactly or right. Or at least, like, you know, like, um, I'm remembering back, I think it was the Karate Kid Part 2. Mr. Miyagi's backyard was like, it was like this whole thing of like wooden decks with beautiful yes. flowers around. Just cover the whole thing with yeah. wood. Deck you know, it. let it grow as much as it wants underneath there. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, totally yeah. agree. It's totally funny too, because when you, if you drive by my house, you will know which house is mine because there is an exact line where my neighbors are like, this is where I'm taking care of my lawn and this is where his crap starts. So, yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah. Wow. All right, we need to stock Vinny's lawn, I guess. <laughs> Check it out. All right, so tell us a little about HR for your small business. Well, HR for your small biz, what we do is work with small to medium-sized businesses, teaching them really how to manage their multi-generational workforce. I mean, because think about it, right now in today's industry or just in today's workplace, we have five generations in the workplace. Yeah. We've never had anything like that. No. So you can have a 19-year-old sitting there with someone 62 years old. They're both on the same team, and they don't always hold hands and sing mm -mm. Kumbaya. Mm -mm. <laughs> so we do here at BIA. We do, obviously. At BIA, you know, th that's why I love you guys. You are the gold standard. <laughs> but there are some others who need some lessons to be learned, mm -hmm. and they have us to come in and really work with them and show them what does it look like to have this multi-generational workforce come together, be engaged, be committed, and again, just invest in the mission and vision of the company. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times it's just helping. Um, I use, I have a background in mediation, so I use my mediation skills to have those different generations understand that we really do all want the same thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes getting a paycheck, you know, That's every right. two weeks or what have you. Yeah. Everybody likes knowing that tomorrow when I come to work, I have a job. So we yeah. literally talk about what does it take to make that happen and what happens when that conflict is in the workplace and your customers notice it and your clients notice it and go, I don't know if I want to continue doing business with this group of people because it seems like they're not communicating with one another. They're not working with one another. They're not, as they say, gelling with one another. Mm -hmm. So we work with organizations to help them understand what, what does it take to get them to gel? What type of commitment does leaders need to have mm -hmm. 
for employees to do just that because you can't just drop them off and keep on going and say, oh, well, this works when, when I was a baby boomer or them being a baby boomer now, but when I was younger, this is what we did. And this is a totally different generation when you look at millennials, when you look at Gen Zers, we call them also the iGen generation. Mm. So when you look at them, they they need more than what previous generations needed in the workplace in regards to more touching, more what people may consider hand-holding. But that's because they weren't necessarily equipped or given the skills in college or in high school for really what it was going to take to be in the workplace. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the damage has been done by us parents. I am, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's the reality of the situation. Yeah. Oh, so I was just going to say that, you know, baby boomers, you know, whose parents survived the Great Depression, probably there wasn't a whole lot of warm and fuzzy coddling. Exactly. So they had to learn how to cope very quickly right without a lot of soft touching and the millennials all they've known is soft touching, touching. exactly because then like you said you have baby boomers who again the product of the other generation yeah. and then myself i'm a gen x but i'm a latchkey kid me too so you learn how to be independent self-sufficient exactly totally me too and then you have this new generation that they're like wait a minute what am i supposed to do you know you're supposed to walk me through each and every step of the way and you're sitting there looking like what? Are you supposed to just come in and dive in and just see where there's a need and get to work? And they're like, mm. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. So we literally have to teach them step by step. What does it What does it look like to have initiative? What does it look like to be considered a productive employee? Mm -hmm. And, you know, being a productive employee isn't just coming in and doing the job description. It's about stepping out of the job description, again, paying attention to what's going on in the organization, say, hey, let me help you out. I see that, you know, today's a busy day for you versus going, that's not my job. Right. Yeah. Now, I was going to say, it's great that you said, like, at the end of the day, we all want the same stuff, because I can't tell you how many times I hear things like, millennials don't need page raises. They just want a pat on the back. Uh. You, know? <laughs> you know what I'm just like? I'm a millennial, and I like money. I <laughs> love like, really? We are a generation living in our parents' basements. Is this what people think, that we don't right. want the money? That's Is that right. why we're stuck there? <laughs> yeah, what well, I like to remind people is, like you said, you want the money, but you also want to be a part of an organization that means something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've given millennials, Gen Xers, I would like to say, um, have given their children, my children, an opportunity to go, you know what? I'm able to be on my parents' benefits now until 26, 27. Yeah. So if my job isn't treating me right, I can actually go sayonara because I don't need to stay here for the benefits. When I went to work, I had to stay for the benefits and yeah. deal with it. Yeah. And so... That's why you got a job. Exactly. I remember getting out of college and being like, okay, I have no health insurance. Sure. As much as my parents would love to help me, they can't afford to like cover the cost of a broken arm mm -hmm. if, if that would happen. I need to get a job that has benefits. I don't care what the pay is. That, I mean, that's basically why we took those low salaries when we were first, because, you know, we couldn't probably get a high salary job, but mm -hmm. we needed the benefits. Exactly. Now mm -hmm. they don't. No, exactly. So they have different options that they're taking advantage of. And I like to, you know, I like to talk to my Gen Xers and baby boomers and go, are we really mad at them or are we mad at ourselves because right. we didn't have the opportunity? Right. You know, are we a little bit jealous? Because it's like, they can actually go, yeah, you're not treating me right. I'm going to find something else. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't have to stay for the benefits. So yes, they need the money, but you also got to give them other reasons that entice them to want to stay mm. because they have options. They're willing to leave the state. You know, we just did the study here for NJBIA because we have millennials leaving. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the money, but it's other things as well, such as do they believe in me? Like, like I said, we may consider it hand-holding, but for them, it's not hand-holding. It's investing in them and saying, 
I believe in you enough to help guide you through and help you through whatever shortfalls that you may have and help develop you instead of going, it's not my problem. Yeah. Because it is our problem if they leave us. Yeah. I remember I had a boss once who was like, just threw me in the deep end to see what would happen. Yeah. And I, you know, made it through, but it's not how I would have wanted to have been trained. Right. But to your point as well, I think I heard a statistic once that hiring a bad employee or hiring an employee that doesn't fit is so expensive. It is more expensive than that person's salary. Mm -hmm. Like hiring is an expensive proposition. The time it takes to review resumes, meet with people, talk to them, follow up with them, do a background check Mm -hmm. if necessary. Like it's expensive. It is. I'm glad you mentioned that. That there is a study and basically the numbers are at a minimum it's two and a half times that person's salary. Two and a half times. Because like you said, not only is it the whole recruiting, but then think about the other people who had to invest their time into interviewing that person. So now you talk about the VP, the director, the manager, the amount of time that they spent interviewing, training someone that turned around and walked away and said, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. And so when you do, when you look at those numbers, it's like, can you really afford for a forty or fifty thousand dollar salary to turn around and end up costing you eighty thousand or even a hundred and twenty thousand dollars because of all again the time and investment of your people resources yeah. into developing that one person. Now that's how it should be in regards to developing them. But to really keep them engaged, you can't just go like how you had that manager that dropped you off in the deep end and said, Okay, we interviewed you, we're done now and figure it out. It doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, awful or awesome. Cool. Hey, we're back, and it's time to play awful or awesome. You guys know the drill. I'm going to name three things, and you have to decide quickly if they are awful or awesome, and be prepared to defend your answers. And can I just interject for a second? Yeah. I think it would be awesome huh. if our listeners told us what their responses to these things would yeah. be. So, you know, comment on YouTube, comment on Facebook, anywhere where you find this thing, email us, opb at njbia.org. Yeah. you feel strongly about one of these things, let us know. If it's really funny or even just really passionate, we'll read it on the air. So Totally. That's yeah. an awesome suggestion. Buddy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First up, helicopter parents. Awful. 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 I understand <laughs> where they're coming from. I do, but oh yeah. my gosh. It's a terrifying, you know, thing because, you know, I'm, I'm a recently new parent yep. and I don't want to be the, the helicopter parent, but where is the line between you want to try to give your kid the best and you want to try to do best by your kid and you also want to try to make sure that that kid is self-sufficient and can, you know, function. Like you said, mm-hmm. the high school, college, they're not training people to really be able to go out and do things on their right. own. So where is that line? And, you know... Well, yeah, I can remember being in college and having friends of mine, their parents would call the professor when they got like a bad grade or something. And I was like, you're in college now. What is the matter with you? I would be so embarrassed if my parents, they never did. In fact, they yelled at me. They were like, you know, those old school depression era parents who were like yelling, you know, when your kid, like you got, you got hit at school from the teacher and you you went home and you got hit again because you behaved badly in school. Yeah. My parents never hit us, but (laughs) (laughs) no, but like I had a teacher grab my wrist once and that was a big deal. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Your parents were mad. Well, we, yeah, we, I mean, I hated that teacher anyway, but like we marched down to the principal's office and she did not get fired over that today. Oh my gosh. She would never work again. No, you know, you're right. She would never work again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for you... me, the helicopter parents, you know, I, I, I actually have a <laughs> workshop I do called Helicopter Parents, Hover No More. Ooh. And so Maybe I'll take it. <laughs> Hover No More, I like no it. Hover No More. Um, you guys know that my, my husband and I, we have a blended family. And so I like to tell people we're this modern day Brady Bunch family. So when we got married together and with the baby that we had, we have seven children. Wow. Seven girls at that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a lot of girls. It is. It's a lot. My poor husband. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. Exactly. So, but what I, you know, people oftentimes ask me, especially when they realize that I have a daughter who graduated from Princeton University in a full scholarship. She is an entrepreneur. She's been one since being a junior at Princeton University. Um, but what I like to share with people is that this is your opportunity to set your children up for success. But the way you do that is not by giving them everything. It's by setting them up also to experience failure. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of time, children become young adults who don't know what it means to take a loss. Who, do, who, do, who don't understand exactly what it means when someone says, you need to improve in this area because... And they're looking like, what do you mean? My parents told me I was perfect and, mm. you know, everything I do was great. And now you're sitting here in my performance review and you're telling me I need to improve. No, no, no. You have it all wrong. Mm. And so they're not able to handle the criticism, uh, no matter how constructive it may be, because mm. they're like, I, I didn't have to deal with this. And if I or even workplace conflict um, and they're like, well, there's a conflict. I don't, don't have to deal with this. I can call my mom or my dad and they're going to deal with it. I remember being in corporate America and getting a phone call from a parent on behalf of an employee who was their child saying, I don't agree with my child's performance review. And because wow. of that, you know, you we need to have a conversation. I had to explain to the parent, I didn't hire you. I hired your child, child who is now a young adult and a professional in the workplace. Yeah. So if there is a challenge or any questions, you're young professional need to be coming to me and having a conversation with their manager, you know? And so it's, it's, it's that kind of thing that's going on in the workplace that if you, if you don't set them up or, you know, for my youngest child, our, our children range in ages from 30 all the way down to our nine year old. And so when my nine year old has conflict in school, I don't march up to the school and to the teacher and go, you know, you need to fix this. I'll reach out to her and go, hey, there's a challenge, but here is how I'm telling Tony Loren to fix it. She needs to have a conversation with her friend and say, we can't talk when the teacher's talking. We can play and talk after class, but we can't do this because I'm going to get into trouble versus me going up to the school and going, you know, there's a, you, you're fussing at my child about talking. And so I'm teaching Tony Loren at the same time, you're responsible for you. Mm -hmm. You're responsible for your actions, not your teacher. Don't blame your teacher. It's you. Don't blame your friend sitting next to you. You have a choice in the matter. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I mean by giving them the opportunity to figure out how to have successful relationships, how to deal with conflict, how to say, hmm, I need to change my behavior without going, I'm going to fix everything for you. You have to do no work. And then they go into the workplace and they're like, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I like to recommend to parents. Just step back a little bit. The good thing is, is that, for yourself, Vinny, with your daughter, you're still here to help her. If she falls, you can help her get back up. It's no different than when our children learn to walk and they fall down. You got to let them take those steps. Mm -hmm. And while people, you just clear it out so they don't bump their heads and really hurt yeah. themselves. But you know they're going to take some steps and stumble along the way. The good thing is, as a helicopter or as a parent, period, you're there to help pick them up. 
So that's your opportunity to go, let me show you how to get up. And if you, I don't know if you're like my husband, my husband, when our daughter learned to walk, he was like, brush it off, get up. You, it, It's okay. You don't even need to cry. You know, and I'm like, oh, she fell, she fell. Let's see. And then I'm like, let me go. He's like, no, no, no. Now it's her turn to figure out what can she hold on to, to get back up. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing when you're developing them for going into the workplace and again, having these relationships at school. You totally just struck my memory. I had a friend once whose um, mother-in-law, every time the baby would, you know, when she was learning to walk, she fell. Um, the mother-in-law would like grab a bottle and like give her like food to stop the crying. Mm-hmm. And my friend was like, talk about teaching a girl to feed any kind of pain with food. See? What a horrible thing to teach your child, but it was just instinctual to like make the baby stop crying. Here's a bottle. This is why this whole thing is terrifying. Right? There's, <laughs> there's so many things you don't even think about, and you're just like creating a complex. I know, I know. You, know, you talked about like the falling down. I read somewhere that like when your baby falls, you're not supposed to react. Right, right. Like even on your face, like oh my gosh, because they see that, and it's not that they got hurt. They're, it's that they see learning. that you thought it was yeah. a bad thing, and they're like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. Right. You know? That's exactly right. You have so, to be so neutral. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be like on point right. 24 hours a day. It's true. That's There's true. no break. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> All right, next. Fishing. Oh, that's awesome, awesome, awesome. I love to fish. Oh, my God. So Who whenever are you? possible, I like to get <laughs> out there fish. Easy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Actually, fish. from my daddy. My daddy used to take me fishing when I was a wee little girl. What's his so name? Wilbur Johnson Jr. was his oh. name. So he would take me down to the Delaware River and go out there. We would be fishing. And then after that, my uncle bought a boat. And next thing you know, that is really my favorite place to fish. I love on to be boat? on a boat. On a boat. Oh so even like my husband, he doesn't like to fish. He, they know usually from my birthday, I get up early in the morning, around three o'clock in the morning. I go down to Point Pleasant. I leave everybody at home and I'm out there fishing on the party boats, enjoying myself. Nice. And that's so, incredible. That's wow. what I love to do. Wow, so I'm gonna have to say awful because my dad also tried to get me to fish. And we started with my dad getting the garden hose out and running it on the lawn so that the worms and the night crawlers would come up. Sure. And then we would be digging in the mud, putting those into like a tin can. That's hardcore. I mean, I would feel like a first timer, especially with a girl, you go out and buy it from the bait nope. shop. It's not like they have a huge nope. markup on worms. No, <laughs> no, it's not like they have a huge yeah. markup on worms. It's like exactly. Yeah. Seriously. So yeah, that was about as much fishing as I uh, wow. as I needed for me to understand that fishing is not for me. Yeah, I, I did it once when I was six. I had a really good time, so I'll say awesome, you know, but I never did it again. Yeah. It wasn't that good a time if you never did it again. Well, I mean, I, my family were just not very outdoorsy. Mm. You know, I think I've talked about that in previous you have episodes. Mentioned that. Yeah. So I went with some friends of mine, and uh, it was a good time. You know, we uh, we caught some fish. I threw them back because I'm not really, I don't really like fish. You know, yeah. and also that you know, like why kill things for sport? <laughs> so I don't Aww, know. Like, look at so you. We threw them back. Um, actually, funny story, I got chased by a giant snake that day, and that's what I really remember. Whoa! Oh. And because I'm still here, I didn't die or anything, <laughs> so that's what made the story awesome, you know? Wow. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. I remember so because that's the, that's the downside to being outdoorsy, and that's why that doesn't happen. Yeah. There are things that can bite and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, removing the fish from the hook, Ugh, no mm. thank you. Yeah, I wonder if I did that properly at the age of six. You know, like I probably threw him back and Don't. maybe he died like three minutes later. <laughs> yeah. What do you do with your fish? Do you throw them back? Oh, no, 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 no. They are eaten as long as they're the right size and, you know, they say we can bring, you know, because they'll, they'll tell you mm. how the size you can, they have to be. 
we bring them right on home. And usually when people know I go, I'm going out fishing, they put in requests. What are, you, what are you fishing for? So I like blues. I like to go out for flounder, catfish. So you're good enough at this that you can be specific about what you're going to get. Like yes. for me, it would probably just be like, oh, whatever. <laughs> glasses on that look, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I, years ago I won, um, and we used to have a program here in New Jersey State did called Becoming the Outdoors Woman. Mm. And I won their fishing competition. So now I even take my girls, they have, I think it's called Becoming the Outdoors Family, but I take the girls and we go up to, we went to the hatchery and learned about, you know, how they go about the fish farming and, you know, farming fish rather. There. And so we did that just last year. So even my girls, we, they like to go out fishing. But for me to really get a joy out of it, it's by myself on the ocean. Wow. Mm. No kids, just fishing. Mm. So for your birthday, you're alone. I'm alone. By choice. The, by choice. First thing in the morning, in the afternoon, around 1 or 2 o'clock, I usually make it back home. And then I get to do the whole celebration with the family. But yes. after you've been up since 3, you don't want to, like, take a nap? You're not just, like... No, because the fishing, I'm just so happy. You're I'm exhilarated. I'm, yes. Wow. Now, later on that night, I'm ready to crash because, like, with blues fishing, that's hard. It makes your arms hurt. They're, they're fighting fish. So if you want to mm. get a workout, yeah, fish for blues because they're not just going to reel in and it's going to be easy. Fish. They're a fighting fish. You're so what's the sword. biggest thing you ever caught? Yeah. The biggest thing I ever caught was a blues fish. Okay. And it weighed 12 pounds, 13 wow. pounds, but it was, it was, it's the fight that makes you like, oh my God, it feels like you're fighting like Moby Dick or something sure, trying yeah. to bring in this blues fish. Huh. And I remember it being a great size because when I was in the party boat, it was the second largest fish. Like, you know, they do the pool and I almost went, won the pool. Oh my so God. A guy beat me out because his was like 14 pounds. What is the real, are they, I assume blues fish is the nickname. Is that, there's there a full name for it? No, I just know them as blues fish. Cause it's called blues. I'm picturing like, this gigantic cartoon fish singing the blues as, oh, you, no, pull, no, no. as you pull up the, the There's water. a blue tint to the fish. Probably been good enough time as any yeah. to do it. Yeah. I think mine was 12 pounds and his was like 13 or 14 oh pounds. Oh my god. So I almost won the pool. I was like, darn. That's crazy. <laughs> Very impressive. I got the caught on a hook and I'm gonna get eaten by Krishna blues. Wow. Yeah. Look at it. you. All right. I found my theme song for my organization. Oh there you go. my god. That was awesome. I want an Thank audio you. clip of that forevermore. Uh, yeah, it'll yes. be up on iTunes. <laughs> Five-star review, please. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, last one. Twinkies. Anybody got an opinion on Twinkies? Um. All right. So Twinkies is one of those ones where, you know, let, let's say we have the scale. Yeah. And on one side is awesome and on the other side is awful. Yeah. Twinkies is like 51.49. And I don't know which way. It's, it's like when you get on the scale <laughs> and it can't decide which weight you are between like two bounds. Like, How do you not it's know? It's going back and forth and back and forth. How do you not know? I don't know. know. It's so base. It's like, you know, they're, they're Twinkies. They they're are not, basic. I'm not, I don't love Twinkies. Like I haven't eaten one Who in a few years. I possibly love Twinkies? But I mean like. I, I'm not sitting here going, I wish they didn't exist either. Because <sighs> remember, there was a time where that almost happened. Like yeah. 2012 or so, remember Hostess that. filed for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the world went crazy, tried to get their hands on a Twinkie. Like, and then, you know, they got bought out. And then they actually, I think last year or the year before, got bought out again. Really? So yeah, it was like a huge profit too. Because I want to say the original company sold it for something like... 
400 million and then they they wound up selling it for something in the 800 million range. Wow. So, yeah. Is it an urban legend or is it true that there's no expiration date on a Twinkie box? Because I have to imagine just, there's no expiration. I mean, what's just, in that? I know, know? right? We, we don't know and that's it's part of chemical. the problem. But mm, actually, I saw a movie last night, The Iron Giant. You ever see that? I yeah. That yeah. So the kid is watching TV and he's got a Twinkie in his hand and he takes a, a bottle of whipped cream, stuffs it into the Twinkie and holds it down until the Twinkie is overflowing with whipped cream. And and that's the sort of thing that when you're watching it, you're like, uh. But then, I don't know, it's been like 12, 13 hours now and it's all I can think about. So, I mean, it's probably <laughs> going to be all I think about until I try it, which is going to have to be pretty soon now because I need to stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I got to say awful. I think that there's no redeeming quality of a Twinkie, especially when there's so many other great junk food snack cakes in the world. Yeah. Zebra cakes are my personal. Zebra cakes are good. I'll give you that. Oh, my God. Did you know that they make zebra cake rolls now? Rolls? Rolls. Oh, well, you rolls. You know, like Swiss okay. cake roll? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Or a ho-ho? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They make zebra cakes in the shape of rolls now. Oh, yeah. I think I had one of those. Yeah. Uh, it blew my mind. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. It made me so happy. <laughs> uh, now, mind you, I have not allowed myself to eat a zebra cake in about 25 years. So it oh, is wow. amazing to me how good they still are. Huh? I just had one recently, and I was, like, so freaking happy about it. <laughs> I remember eating it slowly because I was just savoring every bite. And it's just as bad as a Twinkie, but, oh, my God, so much better, in my humble opinion. Anyway, what do you think? I'm with you. Uh, yeah. Twinkies don't do it for mm -mm. me. Zebra cake, mm -hmm. and I do like ho-hos. Ho-hos, um, yeah. Yeah, that Swiss cake, the, the roll yeah, with the yeah, chocolate, chocolate and the... Yeah. Mm, yeah. So if I had a choice, Swiss cake would be my number one. So I purposely try to stay away. And it's hard when you got kids or grandkids uh. and they have their little snacks and you're sitting there like, I remember those. Uh-huh. I remember yeah, the but taste my, of that. My one. body doesn't like my metabolism is what it used to no. be, so I don't need to do that. Exactly. I'll take a little bite. That's you right. Know? I remember. Oh, I think it's I so hit delicious. thirty-five, and my metabolism was like, "Okay, I'm done. That's See you later." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hostess cupcakes, good too. <laughs> yeah, Hostess cupcakes. They're good. True. Mm. Yep. Oh my goodness. And, and it's funny how you can think about a snack like that and it takes you all the way back to your childhood. Yeah. Huh? You know, you can think about the summers or whatever it was you were doing when you were eating yeah. it. It like literally trans, trans yeah. what is it? Trans transports. Sure. Transports. Thank yeah. you. Transports. I was going to say, when you mentioned the zebra cake, the first thing I thought of was um, when we would have lunch at school yeah. and they would bring the little cart around with the, the stuff you could buy. And the, the zebra cakes were one of the things that we were able to buy, like oh. as they were bringing around the snack tray. We never had and that. I went to like this this tiny little Catholic school. And so we didn't. Yeah, it's a New Jersey thing. Yeah. <laughs> our our cafeteria was pretty ratchet. It was not. It was not very good. But I do remember at lunchtime, that was the first time I experienced a Twinkie because my mom would never keep anything like that in the house. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even understand what a Twinkie or snack cakes were. And then I'm sitting around the lunch table, probably kindergarten, first grade, and my friends are pulling out like these, these Twinkies out of their lunch boxes. And I was like, what is that? That looks amazing. Where did you get that? Talk about your helicopter parents. Oh my like, God. No, you don't get to have candy. We're not going to introduce her to stuff like that. <laughs> and then you hit kindergarten and it's like, whoa. What I know. Is all this? It blew my mind. You I sit next to some kid. What's that? Right. I'm going to trade my, I'll trade you my carrot sticks Might for that. I try? No way. Why would anybody trade carrot sticks for a Twinkie? Mm. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. But at the very minimum, I'll let you know how the thing goes with sticking the whipped cream in. And you absolutely. <laughs> you know what? I was just thinking like a homemade Twinkie probably would be great. Like if you made a sponge cake, and you made homemade whipped cream, 
That sounds amazing. Yeah. That can't be that different from the commercially available thing. I mean, talking about like the increased effort of going out and getting the worms yourself, like the increased effort of like going out and making a Twinkie yourself can't be that much more worth it. Yeah, I don't know. Well? You'd at least know what was in it. Fair. That's very fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Wow. homemade whipped cream is heavy cream, a little bit of sugar, and a mixer. And that's okay. it. It's like so, it's basically milk. You uh, know what I mean? So like, you want to be baking it for us? I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I tried, that. Ben. I tried. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I love homemade whipped cream. It is mm. good. Well, yeah. All so right. anyway. <laughs> Off on that tangent. Sorry. Yes, exactly. So Krishna, say I'm an employer. I want to take advantage of your services, mm -hmm. HR for your small biz. How do I get a hold of you? Well, there are a variety of ways you can get a hold of me. You can go to my website, which is www.hr, the number four, yoursmallbizbiz.com. You can also reach out to us via email at clientcare at hrforyoursmallbiz.com, or you can call 609-436-9363. Awesome. You also have a very... Um loyal online following. I think if, if somebody just Googled Krishna Powell, mm -hmm. they would probably find you. Yes, yes, they definitely can Google Krishna Powell. Um, and they can sign up for a newsletter too. We have a great newsletter for managers. And we also have a newsletter for millennials and young professionals um, where they can get some tips and techniques in regards to how to be successful in the workplace. Fabulous. That is really awesome. So that's our show, right? I think that's our show. Oh, thank you yeah. for having me. Oh gosh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, so Everybody, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. You can do it on your podcast network of choice. We're on iTunes. We're on Google. We're everywhere you can get a podcast. Right. So by all means, listen. If you don't like the whole concept of a podcast, we're not pushing you out into the street. You can listen to us on YouTube. At NJBIA's YouTube page, we have a playlist that goes all the way back to the first ever episode of Other People's Business. We're coming up on a year, actually. We are. We're definitely coming it's up on a year. We're going to have to figure out some kind of Congratulations. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Um, thank you to the subscribers and the listeners that we have. We appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out if you're in the market for updated coverage. And finally, thank you so much to Krishna Powell. We yes, really you. appreciate you thank being here. Thank you. Thank this you. The pleasure awesome. was all mine. No, I, I assure you it was not. Absolutely not. Yeah, it was ours. <laughs> huh. All right. See you next time. Bye. Later. Bye.